and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor, I'm here with Mike, and we are excited to be with you. We just had to take that intro over because I almost said welcome to the Humble Bold Podcast, but that's not my podcast, right, Mike? Well, you know, everything that is mine is yours. (laughs) Well, I'm starting a new podcast. It's called Bold and Humble, and (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. We, uh, we're getting right into the topic today. Mike, do you have something to tell me right now? Well, you said Humble Bold podcast. That's yeah. a podcast I began uh, a few weeks ago and started a year ago. Just listeners, if you want to dial it up, you can uh, listen to it. They're brief and it's basically how to be humble and bold in certain life situations, everyday life situations. And it's just me kind of having a conversation about it. And, uh, my favorite one I've done is my special guest, Matthew Holbrook yes. was, was on, uh, a week or so ago and uh, really good about how to be humble and bold in the marketplace. So check that one out. That's awesome. Super humble. Yeah, I realized that was kind of an inside joke. Maybe people don't know what the humble, bold podcast is. You should dial that up for sure, wherever you get your podcasts. But today it is the Ordinary Church podcast, and we're talking about matters pertaining to life in the church for ordinary believers who are wanting to follow the Lord. Uh, we're going to talk about friendship today, Mike. Friendship. So especially we've been talking about spiritual warfare over the last few episodes, and today we want to dive into... Um, how is it, you know, such a spiritual battle to have deep, meaningful friendships? Uh, what is the devil wanting to do to tear down at that? Uh, we even just before we went on, we're talking about the idea of a best friend. Is that right? Should people think in those categories? Uh, basically, this is kind of just a catch-all podcast about friendship in the church. Can can we admit? Let's admit why we even got to this topic today. Should we take them through the? Can I take them through the rundown please, of what please happened? Please do. Yes. I did something so egregious that I thought was so funny, and I think a couple people in the office got uh, offended. And so we're doing a podcast on friendship now because we got to build build back some friendships. <laughs> so I walked over after I did the we did some video um, recording, and then we did the Humble Bull podcast. And I walked out of my office, and I turned a, hung a left and looked over, and there was Connor, and I. And then, can I just tell him what I did? Yeah, t- okay. I thought it was so funny. I've never done this to anyone, and I, and I, and I know Randy thought I was going to treat you like a dog, but I said, I go, come here, boy, come on, come on, like I was calling, right. like if I was calling my dog, right? And it was just, I just thought I was so funny right then. It was just a dumb thing, just a some dumb thing. And he's like, and I said, well, look, I go, what's a dog? To which I didn't know the answer, and you didn't know the answer, and I said, man's best friend. And I know I can get kind of silly about this stuff up as man best friend. And then I said, I mean, this is weird. I have no reason to pile on Connor at all. I love this man dearly. The guy's one of my favorite people in the world. And I said, and you're not my best friend. Right. <laughs> and, and part of that reason was because he's not. <laughs> but then we start joking about this because we are good friends, but we're, you know, we're in different eras, different generations and things like that, you know? Right. right. And, but then I said, well, do you have a best friend? And then we all start talking. And then Tanner's like, you know, it's a guy thing. You know, Tanner, you can talk. No, it's like guys <laughs> like, guys just have like good friends. They have people they trust. Yes. But most like most guys that I know are be like, oh, that's my best friend. That's my best friend. That's kind of my best friend. But <laughs> eh, it's like guys just have good friends that we trust and we surround ourselves with. Right. It's, 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 yeah. It seems to be the norm. Well, and interestingly, I didn't name this guy, but Cesar Enriquez was my best friend in high school. Mm. We're still friends to this day. And my family knows Cesar Enriquez was dad's best friend in high school. Growing up, you know, my dad was a Los Angeles policeman. He grew up in Los Angeles. And uh, one of his closest friends in the world, Hans Ruth, was, they were partnered up Mm -hmm. as policemen. 
And so they, you know, they live a couple cities away from each other. The two couples, my mom and dad and, and Hans and, and Pat, they're family yeah. to us and to my mom and dad. And they get together a lot. Interestingly, though, my dad's best friend in high school is, uh, was uh, Pete Krantz. He's still alive, Pete Krantz. I grew up having Pete Krantz show up once or twice a year at a, at a, on a holiday. And we called him Petey Boy Krantz. That was my dad <laughs> called him Petey Boy. And the thing is, that was his best buddy in high school. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone in my family knows that Cesar Enriquez was my best buddy in high school. For the last 30 years, you know, your father-in-law, and I said this, and if we get into this, I, what I said was, well, you're not my best friend, but your father-in-law. Now, let's talk about your father-in-law. And, and Connor's father-in-law, for the last 30 years, yeah. has been uh, the best of friends. And I would call him my best buddy, you know. And then I've got a few like that in my life. God has blessed me, and God blesses us with friends. And I know that there was a book out a long time ago called like The Friendless American Male or something like that mm. because men are lonely a lot and yeah. sometimes they feel like they don't have friends. We never want to take that lightly. So listener, let's man, woman, boy, girl, if you're listening to this and you feel like you don't have friends, we're praying for you. We care about that and we want you to have friends. And it's an old adage and I, it's going to sound a little lame, but to, to be a friend, to have a friend, you need to be a friend. Hmm. You got to reach out. You got to, you got to make an effort. And there's a, a verse, Proverbs 17, 17. Let me just share this verse and then I'm going to pass it back to you, Connor. But a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. The idea that a friend is loyal. A brother is born to help in time of need. Like we need, you know, comrades and companions. Yeah. I, so I was just thinking as you're talking, Mike, I was thinking about my street growing up street that I grew up on and I um I was thinking about some older guys as you were talking about the friendless American male some older guys on the street who weren't believers and I mean I don't I don't know the ins and outs of their you know personal life obviously but I'm thinking of a few guys right now hopefully they're not going to listen to this podcast but (laughs) (laughs) I won't name any names and I just you know I would go on a limb to say they might they might have been those kind of guys that had really no friends at all I'd watch them just drive to work come home and it was like I never saw anybody over at the house I never so I think you know there's probably a lot of people who are living in that reality and the church you know for both for both men and women guys and girls just presents a totally different opportunity to have really deep meaningful friendships I was talking to someone yesterday actually about uh, some Puritans and some of the letters that they would write back and forth and this guy was saying what really struck me recently as I was reading through these things is like they really really loved each other and especially he said in moments where someone was suffering or potentially even on the edge of death, these mm-hmm. people would drop everything. Like mm-hmm. every, like I don't meetings this week done just off the table because I want to be with this person who I love so dearly. And this guy I was talking to just said, I think the real difference was they really thought of people as family. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned even with, you know, your parents, friends, that it was something that had gotten as close as family because yes. that friendship was so deep. Um, I don't know, Mike, maybe do you want to talk a little bit about how, how our standing in Christ, mm-hmm. you know, as brothers and sisters in the family of God changes friendships in the church. Mm-hmm. I am struck. And I was especially, my heart was probably forever changed and deepened just in the last year and a half when I was studying First Thessalonians so deeply, not just in preaching it, but in doing a dissertation on it. And just the idea um, of Beloved, those beloved of God in Christ become beloved to one another in Christ. And how often that that phrase, um, agapao adelphoi, beloved brethren, right. 
is used in the New Testament and how significant it is, how how deep it is. And it's it's like we've been brought into the family of God. We've been adopted into Christ's family, into the church, his beloved bride. And we now have brothers and sisters. And so let's just say you were an only child. You become a believer and you truly, truly have more brothers and sisters than you could ever count. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I was, I mentioned that book. I've never read it. Okay. But I just looked it up really quick. David W. Smith wrote it in 1983, the friendless American male. And it, it talked about how their men often, American men often are, I don't know, stoic and unemotional. And there was a certain era like that where, you know, maybe you did have some of those neighbors that you grew up watching and maybe it was that they, they were kind of taught you'd be stoic, don't show your emotions. And, and it's like, wow. Um, it's just interesting. But now I think we all realize how important friends are. And I, I've, I have a friend who jokingly says sometimes I already have too many friends. I don't know if I can add too many more. And I do think we do have capacities. I think that we can't share everything with everyone. There's a verse in Proverbs that says, in abundance of counselors, there's victory. That doesn't mean you need 25 people in a Mm -hmm. room to share all your thoughts with. It means, you know, two or three or four people that you can bounce things off of and and really take their their wise advice. And, you know, when I I did that funny thing and we kind of made it, we, we started talking. And when you walked in and you sat down and we're all here and, And I said, hey, wait, let's just start and let's just go and let's talk about friendship. And let's talk about friendship and how friendship gets tested in the trenches of life. And even how spiritual warfare, that battle rages in the arena of friendship. And maybe even especially in the arena of our friendships in Christ. And I have a a quote in mind. I have a friend, Chopo Mwanza, who is a pastor in Zambia. And he wrote this. He said, a comparing, overly critical and complaining spirit is exhausting, life-sucking, and deprived of joy. It reflects a life not surrendered and submitted to the Lord. It views others and their graces as competition rather than comrades and companions. Now, I realize this podcast is not just for men, but I would say speaking for men, we are often uh, hyper competitive. I know I am too competitive at times and we do sometimes view others and their gifts that are given by God as competition rather than comrades and companions. And I know I have to keep reminding myself to work with people and, and, and to rejoice when things go well, uh, for all believers and really for all people. So I Mm. think, I do think friendship gets tested in the trenches of, of life. And I think, I think friendship is maybe one of those places that we don't realize that's where the spiritual battle rages a lot of times Mm -hmm. because think about how many people are are upset at their friends. You know, these, I see these posts sometimes, I know I'm talking too much right now, but I see these posts sometimes and people will make this, this veiled post and it'll say something like, you know, and you know, they're angry, you know, um, you thought you could trust certain people, but now you realize that some people just don't have your best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. Good riddance. Mm-hmm. And then all their friends on Facebook or whatever, social media, 
jump in and say, yeah, they're, they're not worth it. They're not, you know, let them go. Let them keep walking. I'm your friend. And it's just this really like weird kind of insecure, kind of immature handling of life and mm-hmm. relationships. And it's like that, that's not how it's supposed to be. If you're not, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. No, I don't know. What do you uh, think? What do you I'm think about you. all that? <laughs> what about all that jumble of uh, stuff I just threw out there's there? There's a lot to, I guess, wade in on. I, you know, one thing that we could maybe bring up here, I'm, I'm just thinking of somebody who maybe is at grace and doesn't feel super connected, you know, and maybe they, maybe they'd say something like I come to grace and I show up and then I walk out on the plaza and I kind of feel like the same people, you know, drift towards the same groups every week. And I, I would say, I don't know what you'd say, Mike, I would say that there's a lot to be thankful for at grace in terms of the unity of the body and people really loving each other. And then I also think that like any group, we have kind of some of that tendency towards, you know, people just gravitating towards the same relationships again and again. So my, I guess maybe a question would be how, yeah, um, how can the church especially try to practice, you know, a kind of love and family life that doesn't just kind of revolve around the same kinds of connections that things that people even in the world might have? Where people who haven't had the same interests, same, you know, same, uh, I don't know, desires, life stage even, they're always just together. Like, how can the church, how does the church look different from, from that? Well, think of it this way. Like you were saying, like some people have the same life experiences or they have an affinity even and they become yeah, friends naturally. or their kids are on the same sports team or in the same class at school or whatever. And you become friends. And then you, and then maybe those friends can kind of, they can break those friendships, Right. In the church, it's absolutely different. God doesn't gather a group of people together and say, you know, I've always thought they could be friends. <laughs> okay. For example, the re- the way I, let me just give you a little sample. We went to Voyager's Bible Church, Angela and I, we were expecting our first baby, expecting Alexandra. Didn't know if she was going to be a boy or a girl. She's a beautiful girl. But we were expecting her. This was April of 92. We went to Voyager's Bible Church and I was going to be serving there on staff as the pastor of children and families. And the youth pastor says, you know, we want to have you over for dinner. And there's a couple that live right behind us that we think you and Angela would be really good friends with. And my first thought was, well, thanks for planning my life for me. <laughs> so we go over and it's, uh, it's your in-laws. Mm-hmm. Okay. We won't name names now, but well, it's your in-laws. And I remember thinking to myself, well, Angela and, uh, and, your mother-in-law now will be friends, but I don't know if I'm going to be friends with this guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, and, and I, and, and I, he kind of bugged me a little bit at first. Some of my best friends in life kind of bugged me when I first met him, hmm. just like I'm sure I do bug people. There was just a couple things about your father-in-law that I, it kind of like, he was, he was very friendly. Okay. And I thought he was a little too forward in that friendliness. Hmm. I've told him this over the years. And uh, if he's forgotten, I'll remind him soon. <laughs> and uh, especially, Hey there, buddy. <laughs> And uh, if you're listening, hey, buddy. And um, but here's the thing. We became fast friends very quickly. Like we just all had the all these affinities. But it became more than that. It was like we became family and we went through births of babies together. We went running together. We went on trips together. Our whole families, by the way, our five kids and and their three kids all and them all went on a, uh, you know, 8000 mile cross country trip together for four weeks. So awesome. with no arguments, okay, we lived at their house for two months once. And by the way, my daughter, Savannah, our, our fourth youngest, uh, was born while we were living at their house, while <laughs> we were adding a room onto our house when something happened and I we had to go. That. Yeah. That's awesome. And we brought her home to their house. So it, it's only apropos that her, 
her uh, wedding shower is at your in-laws house uh-huh. in, in a week or so uh-huh. because that's where she was brought up. <laughs> no, anyway, I know it's about time to close this up. I would just say this, the re- that God brings people together in the body that don't have affinities. He brings people together from vastly different backgrounds and personalities and giftings and, and so, such that the world would say, wow, they love each other and they have no reason to, humanly speaking. They have every reason to, spiritually speaking. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look around at church and you realize not everyone here is who I chose to be here, and praise God, right? no one chose us either. Totally. I, I think God, God chose us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, God us. chose us. And I think probably any believer could say, you know, after some time of living with the Lord and being involved in the life of the body, some of the friendships that have kind of pushed them the most, pressed them the most are probably with people who on just a natural affinity level, they would not have, you know, gravitated towards. I bet all three of us, Tanner and Mike and I sit in this room could think of people who it's like, man, on paper, that would not have been my first choice. And I know I wouldn't have been their first choice <laughs> for sure. But I think that maybe by God's grace, we've both, you know, been used to uh-huh. sharpen and challenge and encourage. And I think of some people like that as some of my closest friends now. So, uh, yeah, praise God for that. I agree with you so much. And I know we need to end this and I know you need to land the plane. And, uh, I'm sorry that I kind I think I kind of monopolized it a little bit today, but I think it was kind of a fun one. I hope it was, has been helpful to our listeners. I think it's been helpful to us and encouraging to us, but I would just say friendships that, that weather, weather the years are beautiful because they age well. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like a, a friendship, like fine wine, like fine wine, <laughs> like a marriage. Think about marriage. Marriage becomes friendship so deep. So there's a, there's a, it, there's a, it's a loving friendship and it's this momentary marriage here on earth, but it's the joining of, it's the mingling of souls. It's God brings souls together and binds them together. Like, you know, it says that the soul of, of Jonathan was in it to David, David and Jonathan's souls were in it together. Like only God can do that, yeah. you know, and yeah. I've learned, I agree with you so much too. I've learned so much from people that I don't always agree with, but I know that we love each other in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last thought for me, I think would just be, and I'm just thinking this cause we're teaching this in high school tonight, but you know, when, when the scribe comes up, come up to Jesus and asks him what the two greatest commandments are, he obviously says, you know, the first is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second then is, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And I, I've just been thinking a little bit about that and thinking about how far short I fall of that. Cause I love myself a lot. As it turns out, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty committed to myself. A lot of the things I do every day for myself, uh, maybe most of them. And so I think any, any one of us could just kind of run with that and think, Hmm, okay, how much care and attention do I give to myself and how, you know, how much shorter my friendships fall, uh, in terms of how much care I'm giving them. So Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We are really grateful uh, that you tune in. We love you and we're praying for you throughout the week. Uh, God bless you. Until next time, we'll talk to you next week on the podcast. Have an amazing day.